Oh, hush. Do you? My fingers and my phone don't agree. Okay. Good morning and welcome to the LGBT Focus Meeting. My name is Carl and I'm a compulsive overeater and you're a leader for this meeting. Hi, Carl. Hi. Uh, please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Okay, before we get started, we ask that all cell phones or other electronic devices be turned off. To protect our anonymity, no, pho no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. The opinions expressed. I'm sorry, I'm functioning on four hours of sleep. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region Two or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. That is known as the disclaimer. The format of this meeting is for 55 minutes. Each speaker will speak for 15 minutes, <coughs> and then we will open it up for sharing. Uh, again, the the topic for the special focus session is LGBT and OA, and um, I'm going to turn it over. Who's speaking first? Everybody. Holly's speaking first, so oh, you're on. Right on. That's I'm it. Holly, compulsive overeater. Hi, Holly. Uh, hi, everyone. Glad to be here um, and share at this workshop. I have a little bit of a story that I can share with you about my, my journey in Overeaters Anonymous. Um, I came in to program originally in 1993, stayed for a couple of years, and then I left for eight years. Um, and then I came back in 2002 and, and actually worked the OA program. So, so I've got a little bit of a gap there. Um, but, <clears throat> and to qualify, I've got 10 and 3 quarters years of abstinence. And uh, my abstinence is three meals a day and no sugar. And, um, uh, I'm 140 pounds from my top weight, which looks like I'm exactly 140. So I'm, that was I was double my size, and I was that I was that size for all of 46 years basically. Um, I wasn't a good dieter. I tried, but I didn't do very well on any kind of diets. But when I came in 2002, I was 46 years old, and all of that time. I traveled around at 280 pounds, basically. I diet my way down to 240, get back up to 280 very, very quickly. So that's my that's my numbers. Um, I work with a sponsor. I've worked with a couple of different sponsors, uh, mostly 100-pounders. Right now, I don't have a 100-pounder sponsor, and, um, and that's working great, too. But originally, when I first came in, I worked with 100-pounders and participated in our Valley 100 Ponders meeting. I'm from the San Fernando Valley. So um, my, my story, my story having to, relating to my, um, to my being uh, gay <coughs> is kind of interesting. I grew up back east in a small town right between Buffalo and Rochester, New York. And um, I worked from, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up kind of a split family type of thing. I think I was the first person in my in my like third grade class to have divorced parents. <laughs> it was a small town. Everybody you know, was just very traditional. Um, and I was always, always, always overweight. 
I, I'm going to lead a workshop a little bit later, so I didn't have my pic I don't have my pictures with me now. This was kind of last minute, but um, if you can picture, like I was growing up in the small town and went through school, it was really really painful in school because I was I was probably the only girl that was overweight, and I kind of realized I was different very early on. But um, I went oh, I went to college, and then. I went back home after college. I, I worked for my father in a restaurant, in a diner restaurant, for uh, 12 years after college in this small town, knowing I was different, very different. And I, I really didn't know what to do. I really didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't, it, it, I knew I was gay, but I didn't know what to do with that. If, if you can imagine. Um, I knew I, I didn't feel like I could do anything with it. So I just kept eating. You know what I mean? I just ate. I got very isolated. And I worked for my father in this diner. You know, that's what I did. So I was around food all the time. Um, I moved out here. I, I met I, one of my high school friends had moved out here. And she had come back for a visit to Batavia. And she. Um, invited me out to California for a vacation. I never took a vacation. I never went anywhere. So she says, come on out, you got some vacation time coming, just come and visit me. She lived in the valley. I did that and she took me all around and met a lot of people and I thought, I gotta go here, I gotta come here. I gotta get out of where I am, it's not working. I'm j I was really dead, I was a dead person. Um, and move out here, so I did, about nine months later I kind of sold everything and I moved out here. Um, I started a new profession because I couldn't really get a cook's job. Thank God. I mean, that's God working in my life right there. Started a new profession and moved out here. The first person that paid a bit of attention to me, I went right for. <laughs> and because I had never had any relationships. I just was walking around with no relationships. So this, this woman paid attention to me, and she was a drug addict, by the way, and um, thank God. And she paid some attention to me, and I went right for it. I didn't think about anything. There was no thought, no stopping. And I went right, and she, and she was attached, by the way, to somebody. Went right for it. And I um, very quickly, didn't know anything about drug addiction either, but very quickly got into, felt crazy, got into Al-Anon. Now, in, when I got into the Al-Anon program, the nice thing was I got into a group, a gay and lesbian group, that met every week, and I got to hang out with a lot of nice people that showed me how and what to do, how it felt, how to be a couple. <coughs> it was probably the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I met people. I didn't know anybody. But I met people that, that were living great lives. They were, there were couples, they were singles, we hung out. That was probably the best thing that could have happened. And in that, there was people in, in that program that were in Overeaters Anonymous, and I had never heard about that. So I, very quickly, I, I had talked to my sponsor. I said, do you think I should go there? <laughs> yes, you know, I should go there. I was 280 pounds, come on. So I started to go to OA in 1993. And what I did was, of course, went right to the gay meetings because that's what I knew. It worked for me. So I went right to the gay meetings. There was one in, um, at the log cabin in Los Angeles and we started one in the valley. 
and that's where I went. I went to a couple of other meetings too in the Valley. We have, it's, we have a strong program in the Valley for you guys that don't know that. Um, I went to some, some of those meetings, but really what I, what I ended up doing was just going to the gay meetings. Now, in 1993, like I, I, I didn't really work the program. I, I would go to meetings. I got a lot of growth out of that. I got an abstinence of three meals a day, no sugar, same as now. But what I didn't do was I didn't work the steps. I just went, which was very cool. It was okay. I started committing my food to different people. I tried to call a sponsor, but I didn't really get anywhere with that. <laughs> I'd get a sponsor. I wouldn't call them. Then I got a sponsor that was really mean, and I just, come on, you know? So by not working the steps, what, what ended up happening was I was, it was very easy for me to walk right back out of program. Um, and that's what I did. I kind of left at that point. I got myself into just so com compartmentalized that it, it wasn't good for me. So I left for eight years. I um, had gotten into a good relationship, which was great, who I met in program, which was great. Everything was going well. And um, we ran a catering company out of the house, which was not great for, over, for an overeater. Um, <laughs> I had gotten... I had gotten down to probably at that point about 200, which you know it felt like I felt like I was a size two from living my life at 280 pounds, hitting that 200 mark. Oh my God! It was like I was all that, right? I I bought a pair of bright green pants, and I went right back up to 280. That's exactly what happened. But anyway, my partner and I were running this catering company, <coughs> and actually we both went right back up. And I, like I said, I wasn't even working a program. I'd kept that abstinence for a while, but I wasn't working a program. Sometime in 2002, I started to get really, really, really depressed, isolated. I don't know, a, a combination of things happened, and uh, in August, I could not take it anymore. I was done. I was done with it. Um, I was done. I didn't know I was done eating, but I was done with how I felt. I felt extremely bad. Um, I probably wasn't at my top weight. I was somewhere around there. But I, I got on one last diet, and I just was, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even, let's say that, I, I was done with it. So um, I made a decision to come back to program. Um, I went right back into the valley meetings, and I was, I was accepted so fully and totally that I didn't need to do anything else. Um, I was like harboring a misconception. You know, I realized I just needed to go. I just needed to go to program and work the program. I got a sponsor who was a 100 pounder um, and we started to work. It, the, the issue of being gay never came up one more time. It never came up again. I've never been so accepted in my life as in that darn valley in those meetings. It was great. Um, so, and I worked the program and um, I'm abstinent for 10 years, and I'm happy, and a lot of changes have happened, but you know what? Um, I work with different sponsors, and everything was working out. Thanks, Carl. Everything, everything ended up working out okay. You know, I work with a program, type of program, and I'm not saying it didn't, it, you know, the issue of me being gay. I'm not saying it doesn't come up. It does come up. Um, I work with a lot of sponsees, and I have a sponsee that it comes up once in a while. Everybody in program is different. They have different backgrounds. They have different beliefs. We just leave it outside. We work the steps. 
When I sponsor people, we work the steps. Um, I hear about their lives. We get very involved with each other because, just because of we talk every day. I mean, who talks every day but us? That you know, when we call our sponsors and our sponsees call us, we get very involved. But honestly, um, I sponsor a wide variety of people, men and women, um, young and old. I, I I don't know what to tell you. I, we work the steps and we leave it outside. We leave all the issues outside which really works for me. Um, it made my recovery very clean. And when I do have a problem or an issue with something, um, I have a posse now. I know who to go to, you know, for whatever issues I have. I have a lot of friends. Um, I, I never thought my life would be like this. I left that relationship about four years ago. It was very rocky and very bumpy and very scary. And I just walked through people. To, I, my feet didn't touch the ground. It, it, and you know, I I ha I live by myself now, and I'm very very happy being single. But yet now I'm starting to date. I'm starting to well, let me qualify that. A date hasn't happened yet, <laughs> but <laughs> you're what? <laughs> you know, I'm I'm ready to start dating, and um, I'm really looking forward to that. And I know that whatever happens, um, it's in God's plan. I turn my life and my will over to God today every day. And um, I learned that here. And it's, it's just a whole different way to live. I'm not thinking about the future. I'm just, you know, I'm just going day by day. And I'll tell you a little funny story before I end. Um, I started a job in 1998. I got a, a job. I work for a family, and I work for the, really for the father, the father of this business. He created a business, and I work with him. And he loves to talk about being gay. And he's, of course he's not. He's like 86. And he asked me the first ride we took together in the car. We went to one of the properties. We got in the car together. And he's a really nice man. And he's really chatty. And he's got a lot of experience. He's been all over the world. And, and uh, so we're talking about whatever. And he asked me about my partner. And he has, of course, he has a cousin who's gay. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm listening and nodding and smiling and everything. And, and about the third question he asked me was, he said, do you know Ellen? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I would die laughing. I said, no, I haven't met her yet. <laughs> oh, my God, it was so funny. Anyway, only you guys can appreciate that. But um, anyway, I'm really glad to be here and um, glad to be sitting next to one of my favorites. And you'll get to hear her story next. And uh, thank, you, thank you for letting me share. <laughs> Okay, and our second speaker this morning is Sandy. Hi, I'm Sandy, compulsive reader. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Sandy. To qualify, I have 26 and a half years of abstinence. Uh, I abstain from sugar and flour, um, and and I came in here at 165, and I'm only five feet tall. So, um, I am. Um, I owe this program my life because without this program, I wouldn't be here. I come from St. Louis. That's where I was born and raised. And all, my life was all through school. I was dating guys, you know, just going out on dates, everything. And guys used to come over our house on Friday night. And my, my, my mom and dad opened up the door. So every, instead of me going out, they thought it was safer if everybody came over the house. And, you know, there was all that. But there was always this 
feeling inside of me uh, that I couldn't put a name to. Because I grew up in like a Jewish city, and and I didn't I didn't even know really what gay was, you know, um, in nineteen. Well, I'm I'll be sixty six, so it was long ago. So, um, <coughs> I dated guys, and I did all my stuff. Oh, oops, sorry, dropped my twenty. Um, and um, we moved out here in my senior year from from uh, from St. Louis. I had no friends. I had nothing. I didn't get to go to the prom. I didn't get to go to grad night. It was, um, my father had to come out here, and so the whole family moved out here. And I was all by myself. Now, in St. Louis, I had all these friends I grew up with since I was five years old. Um, and here, now I had nobody. And I get into school. Now, I'm eating. I'm eating because I was so upset. And I could have stayed in St. Louis, but my grandparents said I could stay with them. My mom said no. So here I am eating to push down the feelings of feeling lonely, uncomfortable, just awful. And I made no friends in high school. They were all snobs. I was used to a school where everybody's friendly. You walk in, hi, hi, hi. And here, uh, it wasn't like that. So graduating was nothing for me. And I went into college right after I graduated. I mean, I just went in the summer and went right in. And met a bunch of people. And I'm still eating. Tried every diet in the world. I took pills. Um, I did Weight Watchers. I did, you name it, I did it. Um, because I didn't, I didn't like who I was. I didn't like my body. <coughs> And it was awful, you know. First of all, being uncomfortable where I were coming out here, and then all off feeling awful about my body, made it even harder. And awful because I didn't have a relationship with my mother. I had a relationship with my father, but not with my mother. So that made it very difficult. At 21 years old, well, during that time, I also got jobs. I had a job at a place called Taco Pronto. Um, and I got fired because I ate all the food there. <laughs> then I took a job at Baskin Robbins. And I ate all the almonds out of Jamaica almond fudge, all the pink bubble gum, all the pink bubble gum ice cream. I got fired from there. And then my best job was just going to Thrifty because they had ice cream and food and everything. So I had everything in one spot. So I ate all the time. If I wanted something, I just stole it. And um, that was my comfort zone, was the food. I didn't know any other way to, to, to be able to live my life, especially, you know, I was now out on my own. I, um, let me back up. I, I had enough with my mom, and I was going to Pierce College, and I met a bunch of friends, and they were all gay. And I realized, I wonder, because I was attracted to, to some of the women, I'm going, is that my problem? Or is that who I am? And then I remembered when I was younger, a little kid, I had a crush on a girl named Mickey. I think I was like nine years old, ten years old, and I had this crush on this girl. And you know, you don't remember all the things you you know you thought about when you were eight, nine years old until something comes along and you go. Oh. 
so I got involved with this woman, and but I got involved for not the right reasons. Just like what you you know, I wanted to get out of my house, so I moved in with her, and we had a relationship for four years, and it was a good relationship, but it was wrong, and um, I finally felt like I could be myself. That here who is who I am. I still was eating, especially when we had two other roommates and I was the cook. I made portions like this of food, you know, manicotti from scratch, uh, corned beef and cabbage. I mean, just everybody knew they could knock on our door and have dinner with us because there was so much food. But I started feeling comfortable because I was around people that I was comfortable with, that I could talk to, that I could say things to and they would understand. I ate and ate and ate and my mom wasn't talking to me when I told her I was gay. My dad would knock on our door on Sunday morning with bagels and lots of cream cheese and have breakfast with us. I didn't, I was happy but wasn't happy. You know, I, I finally realized that this relationship was the wrong relationship to begin. Now I got out of the relationship and met somebody else. And this person, I finally knew what love was. <coughs> I felt in my heart that this is what love is. In my stomach, I could feel the turning in my stomach being with someone that I really was attracted to. I wasn't in program yet. So I was still leading. I went, I was with that person for four years. I went in and out of relationships. I la the longest was four years, in and out, in and out, in and out. I was so uncomfortable with myself, but didn't know what to do. The diets didn't work, the pills didn't work. I'm hyper, so if they gave me a pill, it was like I went through the roof, totally through the roof. So I would lose weight, and then I'd gain it. I would lose weight, and then I would gain it. It took me, I went into Al-Anon because I was with someone who was an alcoholic, and I made friends with some gay, gay friends in there, and, um, and we would talk about relationships and things like that. And then I stopped going to Al-Anon, and I was at a party, and my friend was there from Al-Anon, and I looked at her, and she looked absolutely wonderful. And I said, oh my God, you look great. What are you doing? She goes, I go to a OA. And I said, what's OA? And she goes, Overeaters Anonymous. So she told me all about it. I finally got in a relationship with who I'm with today, and I still hated my body. I was with someone who loved me no matter what. I was with someone who was patient, who was kind, who still is kind, who's still patient with me, who loved me, still loves me 100%, who's always there for me, but I hated myself and she had a hard time with what I was doing. She went away for a weekend. I started punching myself in the stomach. I started banging my head against the wall. I sat down in front of the refrigerator, opened it up and started eating everything shelf by shelf by shelf. And this is the God's honest truth. I went over to a drawer and I pulled out a knife. And I said, I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this anymore. I held the knife in my hand in front of the refrigerator like this. And I can remember the black knife. I remember the, how, everything about it. 
And you know how they say there's miracles in this program? All of a sudden my head came away, out of the clear blue. Put down the knife, called the OA office, there was a candlelight meeting. Drove myself to the candlelight meeting, sat in the back of the room and started crying. When I heard everybody pitching what I was going through, what I was feeling, about my body, what I thought about my body. I mean, I felt like, you know, you think there's nobody else like you. You're the only one like this. Nobody's got the feelings or the thoughts in your head like you do. I sat there and I, that was it. That was it. I felt at home. I ended up going to an OA meeting the next day. In fact, I became absent that night in 1986. And I became absent. I went to meeting after meeting after meeting. I worked the program, did the steps, um, did everything I was supposed to do. I went down to 100, it was the first time I went down to 119 pounds. And it's the first time a doctor and my family said, you're way too thin, way too thin. I'm now still with the same person 28 years later. During this time, not only did I come to OA, I gave up smoking because she said she wouldn't live with me and watch me die. So I stopped smoking. My life changed so much in OA. I became a totally different person. I became a kind person. I became a willing person. I became a giving person where I wasn't that way before. My mom and I never got along. My mom used to beat me. My mom and I got closer that I got to, when my mom um, was, was dying, I got to ask her why she did the things she did to me. And I'm so glad I got to do that. And she told me. And I don't know how I'd be today if I didn't get to talk to her. Because I miss her now. You know, I miss, miss both my parents. But I have a relationship and I have a great sponsor and who puts up with me. And it's just this program is absolutely wonderful. I don't think about food anymore. I'm diabetic. I'm supposed to eat five times a year. Five times a year. <laughs> five times a day. I became a type 1 diabetic at 47. I'm on a pump. And when the doctor told me this is what could happen to me, I was so thankful I was in OA because I did exactly what he said. I don't, I don't eat any really starchy carbs. My food is just protein, vegetables, and fruit. I work out a lot. Um, I love my body. You know, I love my body. Um, our relationship is where I learned how to talk, how to say how I feel, which I never did before. I would hold in my feelings. I now can talk about my feelings. Um, and it's just, my life is so different. My family, I went back to see my family for the first time in 42 years. They looked at me and said, you know, we never thought you'd be like this. We thought you'd be in jail or something like that, you know, some other thing. And they were so happy to see I had changed so much. And I love my friends. I have backup. Whenever I feel bad or something goes on, I've got a backup that I never have to worry about doing is make a phone call or pitch at a meeting. You know, I still go to my same meetings I went to when I first came in the room. I give service. I sponsor. 
I do whatever I have to do to stay in this program because I will not <coughs> walk out of this room. I will not lose my absence over anything. I went to Italy. I went to New Zealand. I brought my food. I did everything, and I didn't lose my abstinence. I didn't gain any weight. I will not lose my abstinence. And God is the only person I listen to when it comes to helping me make decisions. God is with me 24 hours a day. And it's funny because I am with an ex-nun. So we have a very spiritual connection in our household, a good Jew and a good Catholic. <laughs> she tells me all about my savers. And <laughs> uh, but it's a great relationship. And I am so thankful that I have a higher power that doesn't judge me, that is, sits in my car every day next to me. So I just want to say, keep coming to this program, keep working it no matter what, and watch your life change. And thank you. Okay, the meeting is now open for three-minute pitches. Please focus your share on the topic and limit your sharing to three minutes to give others a chance to share. This session will end at 8.25. Who would like to share? Everybody's just fine. Nobody has any problems. Y'all are great in the program. <laughs> is the, is the, you know, we got the right crew. Hi, yeah. Margie, compulsive overeater. Hi, Margie. 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 I, that's funny. I, I didn't know. Uh, I've been in OA for three years now, and, and uh, I, I've been gay for a lot longer. But <laughs> uh, no, and I, I did not know that. I'm sorry. My phone is turned off, but it's my med alert. <laughs> yes. But, um, you know, I, I didn't know about gay, being gay or not being gay, I, you know, I had no idea. And I do realize now, like you, that I had a gay friend when I was uh, young, and uh, I was always tomboyish, and um, when I was 15, I got into roller derby, the original roller derby, not today. And, <laughs> uh, and a lot of the people there were gay, and when I, it was just something that I belonged. I knew I belonged. and. Um, and uh, that's when I started meeting gay people, and I knew, you know, that I was gay, or I felt I was. But um, anyway, you know, uh, I guess, you know, now it, with everything, it comes acceptance. You know, I accept who I am. I went out with guys, and I, you know, did all that, but I, it just, if something was missing, you know, I never felt like I belonged. And, um, and so, you know, I, I know that I am gay and I know this is what I am and I'm fine with it. It was, uh, but when I first got into OA, I mean, I was just not accountable for anything. I nearly almost killed myself uh, with not taking my meds correctly, not getting the blood tests. And, you know, when I went to the ER, he, uh, or to my doctor, he said, you should have been dead. I don't know why you were alive. You, you would eventually have died, but you should have been off dead already. And, um, and he says, you're not accountable. You're, you're not responsible enough to be on these drugs. I've warned you once, and so I'm going to take you off the human And, you know, I, I was depressed for a year. All my life, I felt like I existed. Um, and I had been isolating for about a year. And without just, I wanted to go to OA. I went to OA. I went to a couple meetings. I sat in the parking lot, didn't get much out of the meetings. Um, <laughs> 
then this one Friday, I just got home. I wasn't thinking about going away. It was just a power greater than myself. I just I went home, got all the pets, and then instead of getting my food and sitting there for the rest of the night, um, I just got on the computer. <coughs> There's no way meeting, and I, I mean I had no. I had no idea I was going to do this. I got to the OA meeting. I sat near the back, of course, next to the door to make my getaway. And um, everything I heard um, was me. Right at the break, I got a sponsor. She told me about four meetings where she would be tomorrow. I was there the next day, went to fellowship. All of a sudden, in, in 48 hours, my life, I was out of, out, um, out of uh, isolation. Um, I had people, I had people. For a year I went, uh, after a divorce um, from my partner, I went to a, um, I, I was just in a depression and, uh, and completely isolated. So in 24 hours, or 48 hours, my life turned around and uh, I still have that sponsor. I'm still going to meetings. I'm down about 72 pounds. I'm off a lot of medication, um, but I just feel, for me still, I feel like this program saves my life one day at a time, every day. And I'm glad to be here. Thank you for both of you. Prerogative. <laughs> 12 minutes. Oh, no. Hi, my name is Carl. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Carl. Um, I was blessed enough to find this program through my Eskimo, who was my soulmate, who, had, uh, who lost 150 pounds, and I wasn't impressed. Could have cared less. She was my binge buddy, and all of a sudden we weren't able to binge. Damn it. But she was also my spiritual guide into this program, because it was her spirituality that made me want to come here. And this program has saved my sanity on many an occasion. Um, this past weekend, uh, a cousin of mine passed away, who was also my best friend. And um, it affected me so much because as my sister, who happens to be lesbian, who I've been on outs with for many years, on and off and on. This is an on period of our life. We'll see what happens. But we've been on and off. She said, but he was the one who was always there for you when we weren't. And, yet, and then I thought about, yes, he was there because he's only four months old. He's only four months older than I am. But program people have been, for, been here for me because the first call I made when I got the call about my family was to an OA fellow who also happens to be a travel agent and said, I need your help. Can you get me an air ticket? This is why. And I could combine the business with the emotional. Then I hung up on that one and called my sponsor. And then I hung up on that one and called some, my best friend in program. <coughs> and people were there for me. I'm sitting in my office. I have an office of 75 people. I'm a clerk. I work very hard. Everybody likes me. No one got it. I got the platitudes. Oh, we're very sorry for your loss. Nobody got it the way program people get it because you people are here for me every day, every minute. I just drove down from Los Angeles, and I jokingly said before I'm on four hours of sleep, I'm on four hours of sleep and my higher power. My car is higher powered because I said to God, okay, they needed me to work late last night. I worked. I need to be at the meeting. I did that, 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 that. God, it's you and me. God had made sure that I was taken care of. Someone needed a ride. So I rode down with someone. What a blessing. Had I been by myself, I don't know what would have happened. I don't think about it. I think about what is. What is, is my higher power provided someone to be in the car with me. 
So I got to talk for two hours and listen for two hours and be present for two hours and have a meeting for two hours all the way here. And we have the same two hours going back. What a blessing. That doesn't happen out there. And that's fine for those people out there. Maybe they don't need that. I need it. And so I get what I need here by being here and having friends here and knowing I can walk into a room of where I know no one and yet I know everyone. And where no one knows me and everyone knows me. You know, walking in the hallway, I'm sure you've had it. Anyone with a badge, hi, how are you? And people that don't have badges on, you try to say hi. God bless them. We have a wonderful fellowship here. And, and I'm grateful. And I ain't leaving. Thanks for letting me share. And I will call on people. Don't make me do that. I did. <laughs> um, I grew up in Texas in the 50s and 60s. Um, I was in software for 36 years. I was a math major. I'm so used to being different. Um, I lost 85 pounds. I saw pictures of a memorial that I went to, and I didn't recognize myself. I said, I know who was here. And I looked back and said, I know. I did not And so I'm in a process of um, changing my internal image of myself. Um, and it's an odd thing to not be so different anymore. And I know I weigh a lot more than some people weigh at their highest, but this is the one that I've since high school. So it feels very different. Um, and it's feels different to not be so different anymore. So that's an odd thing to me. I'm really thankful in the program to get to know people who they are before I know at all who they are outside. Um, that's really helpful to me to know who people are inside before any of the outside stuff. Please. I'm Jeannie, compulsive overeater. Hey, Hi, Jeannie. Jeannie. And um, I've I've just been in program a year, um, and uh, and totally amazed at the miracles that I have seen in my own life. Um, for one thing, having a higher power, which I was a little I called myself the angry agnostic when I came into program, but um, fortunately I followed directions well, and I just did what I was told, and through the practice, um, God came into my life and has changed my life. Um, you know, the living in isolation, which I think many of us understand, um, it's it's just amazing the new family that I have. And, you know, like people have said, it's like they get it. And, you know, you can call them with anything, and you can call them with those little God moments, and they're like, wow, yeah, God is right there. And to be excited about God is, is very strange for me, but um, it's very reassuring. Um, and, you know, I. I've known I was gay, you know, all the way back to childhood, but, you know, lived inside myself and in such isolation, I've never had a relationship. And this is the first time in my life that I'm actually thinking, you know, I might be worthy that, that somebody, you know, 
I can have somebody in my life and, and I might be worth somebody, you know, somebody worth knowing. Um, you know, have always fallen for unavailable people, straight girls and things like that, and had, you know, all the relationships in my head. Um, and now is like the first time that I'm actually thinking, huh, I might open myself up to letting somebody in. And, you know, that is, that is a, a huge step and a, and a new sort of mindset. Um, and also being able to heal, you know, kind of heal the relationship with my father. He was, you know, an, an angry person his entire life, and um, we could never do anything right. And, you know, he, he was the one big problem in my life. And essentially, you know, the family was just kind of waiting for him to die. So our problem would be gone. The anger would be gone, and everything would be fine. And um, he passed away in February. It was it was very quick. He had a heart attack in December. And um, fortunately, God put me in this program prior to that, and with the help of my sponsor and you know the twelve steps, we were able to kind of fast track that sort of processing of that situation. And through this program, I was able to let go of my anger. And when he passed away. And, you know, I didn't forget everything that happened in the past, but I didn't have anger in my heart. I was able to pray for him and say bye to him, and um, it's it's just amazing the miracles in in just a year. So yeah, I'm going to stick around and see you know what the next chapter is. And um, I appreciate everybody being here. Thanks for letting me share. You went there. Hi, I'm Justine, also a reader. Hi, Justine. Um, I am really really new to the program. I tried it out in 2010. Thought everyone was a bunch of wackos when I out. And I started going to meetings about a month and a half ago in the valley. Um, and I am now on day six of the sugar. And um, I, you know, was procrastinating getting a sponsor, and there was some divine intervention. Like my friend told me, pick up the phone, call her. This lady had been thinking about calling for a month. It kept not calling, and I was like, nah, and that night I'm sitting in a new meeting, and she walks in, and I was like, okay. <laughs> so, I'm sorry the sponsor was so exciting, especially because I had a really rough week at work, and I was able to maintain this no sugar throughout it, even when, you know, gluten-free, and someone walked in with these gluten-free goodies, because they're like, you never get anything, and I was like, I, yeah, great. <laughs> um, but I wasn't really thinking about it, and I actually think being gay has been a lot of my prop, not my problem. My, I've had a lot of struggles with it. Um, I was living in Arizona for college a couple years ago, and was going to a therapist for binging disorder, which I've had my whole life. Again, I always knew it was different. At 11, started feeling attracted to girls. 13, got called out for checking out girls, and but still dated guys forever, you know, and. Um, then I was sitting with my therapist and I was like, I just want, you know, white picket fence, spouse, kids. And she's like, well, why can't you have that for a woman? And I was like, oh, I, okay. <laughs> so that took a while and things were good. I met this woman I thought I was going to marry. We were talking marriage, talking about all that. We were together for a couple of years. And then last August, I moved to Arizona again. I'd been living in Maryland for an internship. She broke up with me while I was across the country. And then... Um, but even with that, like, there was one night about a year into our relationship where I had a total breakdown because I told myself I would only tell my dad I was gay if I found someone I thought I could marry because I didn't want to go through that, you know, really religious father and all that. And had a total breakdown, was eating everything. And then, you know, I got that out and things were a little bit better. 
But then after this breakup in August, I got into another relationship a couple months later. And we broke up a couple weeks ago. And from that, it was just everything in my mouth. And I think it was because I'm having this huge thing. I'm back to wanting the husband, white baby, that's the kids. And that's not for me. But it would be a lot easier if it was, <laughs> in my mind. At the same time, I might be miserable with that. You know, even, I don't know. So it's been a struggle. And I'm just really grateful for the program. Like having, I've been a lot more open with people, which has been good. I was having a lot of struggles at work, but we will talk to my boss about it. You know, I'm out to everyone there, which is like a huge relief. So I'm really grateful to be here and glad to spend one of my first conventions with everyone. <laughs> Thank you.
while it worked wonderfully for some of the people there, I couldn't do it. Oh, sorry, I'll wrap up those up. Um, so I was scared of the way. And when I finally did come, it was into an LGBT meeting in San Francisco. And that was all I could do was sit and cry. Because I finally found acceptance of my size and acceptance of who I was because all my friends are straight. I grew up with straight friends. And I'd never really been around other than the, my, my girlfriend's friends. I didn't have friends of my own who were gay. Um, and my friends didn't quite get. So it was wonderful to find that acceptance. Thanks. How about Gee, you know, I'm Landon, I'm a compulsive overeater. And, then, and then. you know what I've learned? What? You can say I pass. <laughs> sure can. Thank you. No problem here. Thank you. Please. Hi, I'm River. I'm a food addict and a compulsive overeater. Hi, Hi River. Uh, I'm really grateful to be here. I've um, been in program, well, I've um, been in program since about February. And um, I'm about, I, I actually got, got abstinence before that in um, September. Um, from flour and sugar, and um, I lost about 50, like 50 pounds since 2011, and um, it's really wonderful to like see these changes in my life and um, the health, you know, that I'm having. And I keep having these firsts, you know, these like things, these milestones that I get need to get through, you know. And I definitely because it was so recent, I remember, you know, how difficult it was and how scary it was to to give up the flour and sugar and my, you know, I had gone to a doctor and she told me I was going to have um, basically like three meals a day or with a snack and um, nothing in between. And I was like, is that even possible? <laughs> I like didn't even, I really was like frightened of that. And um, I guess I was really grateful to, to get some medical, um, some medical intervention to help me with my food plan, basically. So she was a, she was morbidly obese herself, my doctor, and she lost over 100 pounds, and she was also in recovery. So she, she knew that stuff about recovery, but um, it was in the course of um, lectures and classes that we had to take um, that I finally came to the acceptance of the addiction. And I think that that was just a huge like game changer for me. And um, actually, my wife had already been going to OA, and um, I was like, you know, because I don't, I was like, well, I, I, that's not me, you know, I have this denial, you know, I mean, I was, I think at my top, I was 255, and um, I just kept thinking, I just had bad habits, I just needed to exercise, I just needed to get willpower, you know, and I, I'm a health educator by trade, so I'm a fat health educator, you know, and that, you know, like, you can know stuff, you can know it, it all, but, you know, being able to do it, when you have the addiction and the, you know, the fear and all of that is ruling my life. So, so, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's really powerful, but, um, I think that, you know, having a sponsor, also having a food plan, um, being really careful with my nutrition, making sure I get enough protein, you know, for me, it's uh, the vegetable, it's the meat and vegetables and, um, a tiny little bit of fruits and nuts, but I have giving enough protein and getting off the flour, it just made the cravings pretty much mostly go away then, the, the giving things over to God and working the steps. So um, it's totally possible and um, it's amazing for me to be here, to be kind of in a like, we had a, uh, like a ninth hour drive and um, like I said, I keep having these firsts, you know, and it's like, oh, this is my first really long 
car trip without stopping and eating every night. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what am I gonna do to get through this car trip? I mean, it's just amazing though. I, I really feel like just, God, so much better. And I'm so hopeful and I'm so grateful this program exists. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of the steps. I'm not all the way through, but um, just the benefits of doing, you know, the part that I've done so far is really wonderful. And great for all of you guys. So thank you. Um, I'm really um, excited to be here and uh, I went last year in Sacramento and it was amazing and when I was there I was thinking oh my god I wish River was here with me because I think that she would totally get so much out of this and um, I'm super excited that she's here with me this year and um, and it's been great to have somebody um, to be you know with somebody who's also working the program. She's a lot better at it than I am. Um, and that's been really great because I've been going away for like two years. And um, and I think my like isolating self um, kind of doesn't really delve in. I go to a lot of meetings and um, I share and I listen to other shares and I get a lot out of it. But, um, but I have not I have not really, um, I don't think, connected as deeply as some of the people I've heard here. And um, I haven't found the right sponsor. And um, I've, you know, I've turned a lot of things around. Um, <coughs> I've got a lot, of, um, a lot of progress as far as weight and health and everything like that. But um, I really want the program. I really want recovery and what I've gotten to now that I'm like I'm so much healthier than than I was um, in the last two years I think I've lost like 60 pounds or so and um, I can run I've never been able to run before I, I can do all these things and that's great um, but the problematic things that made me a compulsive overeater that personality traits, etc., are still problems for me, and um, and I really want serenity, and um, so I'm I'm continuing to show up because that's what they say: just show up, show up, show up. So I'm showing up and showing up, and um, and I guess I'm praying for um, like willingness or openness to find that um, that opportunity to be really um, connected to uh, what this program has to offer. So, um, but I've gotten a lot out of it so far, and I've, I've really loved it, and I'm super excited about being here, and, um, and I, there's just so much to, to experience along these dimensions, so I'm, I'm super glad to be here again. But thanks. Okay. Um. It is now time to close this session. I would like to thank all of you, uh, all of you who gave service at the session and for all of you and attending. After a moment of silent meditation, we will close with the OA promises, which I hope are in here, because if not, then we'll close with the 
third step prayer. As I said, after a moment of meditation, we'll close with the third step prayer. <laughs>